remember you scream too long into the void it screams back <laughs> it's a paraphrase Nietzsche. well at least i won't be alone i think that was Nietzsche. at least i won't be uh <laughs> Was that Nietzsche? If you I don't know. know we called him a douche in the one that we just released. Did we? Oh, did we? Yeah. If well, you know who said, if you stare to the best so long, it gazes back, leave us a comment. Welcome to the podcast where your hosts sample a different scotch each season while we dive into current social, political, and economic issues each episode. This is Scotch and Socialism. Hey, uh, so. <laughs> hey, uh, so. This is just your job you now. Run, we, you we're done. Take so a just, we never slide. do it right. It's your problem now. Well, welcome to Scotch and Socialism. Tonight, we're talking about um, trust in authorities or lack thereof and potentially tearing down the establishment. We're going to have trust issues. Lots you guys of wanna, trust issues. Do you guys want to introduce issues. yourselves? I'm Griff, your resident establishment apologist. Establishment apologist. That's good. T-shirt? Maybe. Sure. If you want it on a T-shirt, leave us a comment and a PayPal note for 18 bucks. Fair enough. Do we have a PayPal? I don't think we have a PayPal. I'm sure they have. I'm sure it's there. We'll figure it out. Venmo Cash app. Venmo Cash. We'll, we'll send it to some poor guy in Algeria or something. Um, I know, and I'm Russ. <laughs> your your anti-establishment. Uh, Resident anti- anti-establishment type. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't do well with authority. You'd be a rate. A rate. Who? I rate. No, just just a rate. Just rate. What's R A E T. Resident anti-establishment type. Racist. No, it's not. I don't know because there's no racial prejudice happening there. Hopefully not. Anyways, and I'm Jake, your resident establishment for the evening. We're gonna tear down Jake. Are you ready, Jake? It's the (laughs) Scotch and Socialism roast 2021. (laughs) We should do that. No, we shouldn't. No, we really shouldn't. I'm gonna tear him a new one. What? I'm gonna tear him a new one. Not on this episode. Oh. But his psyche needs to be taken down a notch. Why no, me? it doesn't. What have I ever done to you? <laughs> what if we reduce Jake to a shuddering husk of a man and he just refuses to do scotch and social? I'm not already there. You have victory. You would have destroyed our one chance at being fabulously wealthy. Yeah, if this doesn't go well, it's got to be by our editor's fault. So it's not us, obviously. Blame the editor? New Blame t-shirt? the editor. Blame the editor. <laughs> Blame the editor. New t-shirt. All right. You can get me that for, uh, for Christmas. We'll fix it in post and blame the editor. Love it. Fix it in post, blame the editor. Mm-hmm. I think we have fixed it in post. I, <laughs> I think we fix do. it in post as a t-shirt. <laughs> Perfect. Plot twist. This whole scheme was just to sell crappy t-shirts. And to destroy Jake. No, that's my sanity? Yes. Yeah, that's long gone. About to say, no, that was, that's a prerequisite for being a co-host. Uh. It's, a, it's a just tenuous <laughs> grip on reality. Just fingernails. <laughs> That what's happened? Stop clawing my oh, wall. I See, hate, <laughs> hate, hate that noise. It's not even that. I'll get bad. you a chalkboard if you really want to. They do that. couldn't have heard it. I hope mm. they don't. I can add it in in post. They don't. The last time you screeched something, it was terrible. <laughs> you got to turn the the gain down. But really, <laughs> folks, we are talking about whether or not you know. Well, not even whether or not we should trust establishments. That's not even. Well, this is more about the opinion of right. Right, just kind of exploring them. I was listening to a podcast uh, a little while ago, Freakonomics. Great podcast if you haven't heard it. And they were talking about how this kind of individualism is, this rabid individualism is a uniquely American thing. And it's also a blessing and a curse at the same time. Because if you look back at the country's kind of foundational culture, it's pretty anti-establishment mm-hmm. i mean the pilgrims came well, that was over kind of the point right yeah the pilgrims came over in you know 14 1500s and they were you know, supposedly seeking freedom to practice their own religions so at that time religion was the dominant establishment and they were looking for a new one well plot twist they made their own establishment they did and they like explicitly kind of came over here to do that also yeah they were just mad that they couldn't oppress the people they wanted to oppress over in europe so they came 
and wanted to oppress some new people. And just here. like that, Jake has struck directly at the heart of the matter. Right. <laughs> well, I, I think that's really the, the whole thing, Six minutes right? in. This is amazing. Right? Which, real, real short, short podcast. Real Thanks. short episodes. Listen, like, and subscribe. That's going to be a scotch break. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're long past that. This is number four. <laughs> Not really. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, so, I, I, I do think it's, it's specifically that. I mean, it, it's the idea that you have a group of people who, does, who doesn't want to be oppressed anymore by the establishment or does not like the establishment as it stands. But when you create your own, well, you still have an establishment. It's just it's my establishment. Right. You know, and that's okay right. because it's mine now. Now, other people might not like that, but that's how it goes. I, I just feel like it's that always it's that structure of I have power over you and you don't like it. So you're going to go do your own power struggle thing. Well, and that's really what – and that is – we're going to boil a lot of things down to a lot of other things here. But it does kind of boil down in that way in that people get tired of feeling like they're under the thumb of yeah. something – usually some big faceless bureaucracy. But it could also be just like within a home, right? Like, you know, your father being overbearing and having to dictate the household. Yeah. Yeah. And in a way that's kind of a microcosm of it. It I mean, outside the bounds of normal kind of home discipline. Um, And that's where it gets weird because, you know, you want, I I feel like a lot of, a lot of people who have these, these kind of anti-establishment sentiments, which is fine. There's no judgment here at all, but it's just like, okay, what's the end game there? Mm-hmm. And are you, once you have broken free of whatever establishment you feel you know, subjugated by, are you then going to become an establishment over somebody else? You know, or are you going to go get, find a different establishment? Exactly. Right. Because if you get you know, more than three or four people who all have the same kind of philosophy about creating some sort of establishment, and you get a market sector, yay! You know, but then you get another establishment. Yeah. And so you got this continuous churn. And I was thinking about this, this week, actually, because I was um, I was reading, I don't remember what article it was in or what publication it was in, but it was about big tech. And we kind of talked about big tech in one of our previous episodes and that, you know, they're getting really powerful, regulated, blah, blah, blah. Well, if you think back to kind of where a lot of the major tech players now started, they started as, you know, punk rock garage band types in Silicon Valley back in 99, 97, 2000. You know, and we're going to disrupt everything. We're going to, you know, we're revolutionaries. And they were. And then they became, they became 20 years later. There they are. You know, so either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Yeah. Commissioner Gordon (laughs) or Harvey Dent. Yeah. Harvey Dent. It was Harvey Dent. Um, DC fanboys don't come after us. Uh, I think there, there's an episode of Scrubs that sums us up really nicely. Um, one of the main characters is trying to like treat his interns nicely and make them all his friends and stuff, which is a problem of, of its own. But um, then the two really jaded doctors come on the scene and they're like, no, this is what you do. You go through years of crap as a medical intern and then you get to be an attending and then you put the interns through years of crap. And I feel like that yeah. is so much of the idea like behind what I've seen in the more disestablishmentarianism in is that the right word? I think so. Yes. Keep going. I'm interested. Uh, it's a big Scrabble word. Uh, I don't know that that would fit on a Scrabble board. Buku points. If you know whether or not disestablishmentarianism would fit on a Scrabble board, seriously, get a life. I thought it was anti. Anti-disestablishmentarianism? Well, yeah. That's like the one word you thought was like the end-all, be-all when you were in third grade doing right. a spelling bee. Sorry. Is it? Not, yeah, not it came, anymore. It oh. came from some what, sort of What's the new one? Commercial. I thought it was a cartoon. Maybe I have that's no too. Idea. I think it was Doug. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> topic. Um, but yeah, just this, you know, we have these cycles of like, I want to, you know, rebel against the authority. Um, but, you know, like, like Harvey Dent says, we live long enough to become a villain instead. And we have this, you know, it's cyclical, right? Um, and we could talk about the dynamics of that with families and things like that too. But yeah, it's, it's definitely there. And so what's interesting is we see a lot of this sort of dis- disestablishmentarianism. I'm going to see how many times I can fit that into the podcast tonight. I'm not going to try to say it because I'm The more you drink, it. the easier it is to say. Absolutely. Have another drink. I feel like it's not, and we shouldn't be <laughs> it's encouraging a paradox. people to drink. Don't uh, drink and speak, people. No, I don't recommend it. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's just... Um, we see we see the more 
I guess, explicit motives where, you know, I want power or I want you to lose power so I can have power and have power over people. But I also feel like we're seeing a lot of the same mentality kind of being fostered through more ulterior motives. Interesting. Um, Like there is, we'll take President Trump for example. Former. Former President Trump. Depending on who you believe. I don't know. He's supposed to be coming back with, who was it, JFK Jr. or something? Sarah Palin. There are not enough mushrooms in the world (laughs) to make that hallucination real. (laughs) Not that I would know. Uh Uh-huh. But, you know, this idea of, like, stripping away the power of the establishment and whatever the establishment is kind of changes depending on what your what well, your it's all are. contextual right i mean right and so but it was used as this kind of rallying cry around the people who voted for trump um and they weren't people originally necessarily that would have voted for him but it was you know i think we'd be hard pressed to find a sector that's not already um cozy with the government in the states i'd we'd be very hard pressed to find a sector of just lay people who weren't really ticked off with the way things are working in our government today i think it's because we've managed to upset everyone which is kind of impressive you know usually we have kind of a bipartisan thing where one group doesn't like the other group the other group is okay with what's happening because they're in power but i feel like today it's more of a nobody likes anything everyone sucks and why are we here right but we're still it's a healthy place to be right see the the quote-unquote establishment as the other Oh, sure, sure, sure. Uh, well, it's it, it's still us versus them at it, this point. Right. And what's interesting is that the further away it gets from you in proximity, the more the more you can be rabid anti-establishment. Sure, oh, absolutely. Right? Because like it everybody, is the other. Everybody hates their congressional rep except theirs. Or everybody hates Congress. Oh, I don't like mine. Except their rep. Everybody Usually. hates lawyers except theirs. You know, or other people's kids suck except mine. You know, it's it's always... Those parents need to be beaten. Yeah. It's it's always <laughs> projected outward, right? Sure, sure. And once you kind of pass that proximity, you know, your immediate does it cross my train of thought. You know, do, do I like our rep? Not really. Is our rep better than a lot of the other reps in Congress? Generically, yes. Yeah, mostly inoffensive. Yeah, you know, and and but but then then again, you know, it's it's the establishment that you're comfortable with is fine because right. then you're benefiting from it. Absolutely. And I think that's what it is: this endless chasing. Mm-hmm of beneficiaries. And I think we, one thing that was interesting with the previous two election cycles was you saw a lot of people who voted in primaries for Bernie Sanders. And then when he didn't get the nod, they voted for Trump. Mm -hmm. It was like, you don't really care about the policy aspect. You just want the machine to break. I think, I think there's a lot of people that are in that boat, which is let's see how many sticks and stones we can shove into this thing before it explodes. I'm worried what happens if it does explode. And I'm willing to start making the popcorn to watch it. <laughs> I don't know. We might need to save the wood to burn when the power goes. To, I right. don't know. That's, that's catastrophizing. <laughs> but, and that's the other thing is everybody, you know, everybody wants to, we want to, we want to tear down the establishment and, do what? Do what with it? Put yeah. up either, it's, it's, Build it's an either, establishment. It's either put up your own establishment that will then subjugate someone else and repeat the cycle or have no establishment whatsoever, in well, which case you've got... Yeah, it's even even anarchy mess. is considered to be an establishment. It's just its own set of rules, right? I get, Say that again? Even anarchy, anarchy is considered to be its own establishment. It's just right. playing by different And that's of kind of the paradox of anarchy is that if everybody agrees with an, an anarcho-syndicate process... All then, of a sudden, it's a it's yeah. an establishment. You can't have pure anarchy. Wow, we went way off the deep end there. Yeah, that happens. It's a gay podcast. Gay podcast. Anyways, so yeah, I I think it applies, and it applies on multiple levels, as you were saying. Um, it happens within families. It happens within your work. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at the people around you. Look at your bosses. Look at your bosses' bosses. Right, where you might not agree with your direct boss in regards to what they're doing. You probably disagree more with the boss's boss or the CEO of the company. Um, I've, I've had a lot of cycles of that within my own company. People going, "Oh, the the people running this ship don't know what they're doing." Okay, well, great. You just were complaining last week about your boss not knowing what he was doing. Oh no, he's fine. It's like, well, yeah, because he agrees with you this week, right? <laughs> we're so fickle. Oh, very fickle. Yeah, and vindictive for the most part. 
Um, it kind of goes back to the whole cyclical thing, right? Like we treat others the way we were treated because we feel they deserve to be treated that way. Yep. And that only Ooh, not, that, Oh man. Right. I need to take a step. Unpack that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I sit down. Yeah. I, I recently kind of had to sit through some of that ideology of, um, you know, I went through the crap, so you have to mm-hmm. as well. You know, I, I often, and I still kind of advocate for this, but I feel like I need to readjust my thinking behind it. Um, I often would advocate for people growing up need to go through service industry and retail mm-hmm. and stuff. I've, I've uttered that because phrase. It, because it is. Yeah, all. so have I. Um, but at the same time, it's like, I, I hope that I'm saying that so that people will learn how to empathize as opposed to like, haha, I had to sit and deal with this customer. You need to sit here and deal with this customer. So you get to deal with it too. It's like, no, I don't want anybody to actually have to deal with that. And unfortunately we justify that by saying, well, it's kind of win-win, right? Because they get to do both. Uh, Yeah. I mean, there's, there's certain times (laughs) where I'm just like, oh, you spoiled blah, blah, blah. You should have to go through the muck that I did. But no, I mean, shouldn't, shouldn't we want to be doing. Well, you should, you should be able to learn that from any facet of life. Pick one, Mm -hmm. you know. It happens to be that we learned it, or at least I did, and sounds like you did as well through you know retail and or food service, you know because. So are we identifying these cycles as like the machinations of an establishment, or is the, is this like rite of passage? I think it's layers of hell comes to mind. You know, you have the top level establishment that you rebel against. You also have the establishment that exists within your life, whether it be your family structure, your corporate structure, your job, your friend circle. I mean, everyone has that friend circle where there's that one guy that apparently is overly popular and everyone does what he wants to do. Sorry, I'm not 20 anymore, but I'm surmising here. (laughs) I didn't really have friends. It's kind of fun when you get older because all that kind of fades away, which is kind of interesting. But when you're in the moment, when you're, you know, 15 and in high school, that's a huge issue, right? You know, you want to be that cool kid. You want to be the person making the rules. You want to be the, everyone wants to hang out with me kind of guy. That's a very decentralized and nebulous appraisal of an establishment. I think it's right. I think you're right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's. But it's like looking at the universe today. Like we can look at an atom as a unit. We can look at the planet as a unit. Right. We can look at a galaxy as a unit. Like there's, there's levels of ability to inspect here, right? And I think the establishment feels the same way. It's, it's any structure that we find ourselves within. It's almost a social circle of, of types, but not necessarily social in nature. Interesting. Okay. Do we think there are any benefits? There has to be if we're going to always recreate it. That's one Do of we the think, best parts. Okay, let me, ask, <laughs> let me ask this way. Do we think there are, maybe not universal benefits, but broadly applicable, broadly applicable potentially latent benefits that we are, are you know, kind of, cutting off our nose to spite our face. Oh, sure. Type of situation. Because, I mean, without, and this is where it's, I'm, I'm going to take a hard left turn. Without these establishments, then where do we end up with, like if we if we want to go to the extreme and kind of like, are we going to tear, you know, distrust all the establishments, you know, tear everything down, blah, blah, blah. Really deconstructivist kind of approach here. Where does that leave us with, you know, any type of authoritative stance on anything? Well, it doesn't, I think. I mean, that's kind of the problem. The reason why we have to have an establishment is, one, we need something to annoy ourselves with because it's fun to hate something. Right. You know, we have to have that balance in our lives for some reason. But secondarily, we need the structure behind it as well. Whether we like it or not, the structure exists and it does benefit us. Right. Well, I think one example, and one example we can use of that, and all of us have kind of experienced this in kind of some one form or another, is uh, higher education. You know, for the last... I don't know, 15 years or so, it seems that higher education has really come under fire, you know, from a political standpoint, you know, oh, the the, the elite liberal schools or whatever they're throwing. CRT, rah, rah, rah. Right. <laughs> and, oh God, that's another episode. And uh, cathode ray tube? No. And, <laughs> Close enough. Right. And it's like, okay, well, say you want to, you know, dismantle or disrupt to what end, you know, cause if, if you, if you do, if you realize those goals to the letter, it would be ugly because oh, yeah. then, I mean, what good, what good is a degree or what good is any type of credential without some sort of body of some sort of established body behind it? Then, you know, where does that lead us with, you know, the idea of authenticity, you know? Well, it, that's where it kind of breaks down, right? You have to have that structure. Otherwise it doesn't mean anything. And I think that's kind of where the problem comes in. Like the reason why we are, we rebel against it is because we don't like what's currently happening, 
But if it wasn't available, what would we do? Well, we would build another one because we need to have it. It's a structure that we, it's a necessary evil, right? And I don't, I don't know if anyone's actually for the establishment. Like I haven't met anyone personally that was like, yeah, I love well, the let's government. Let's identify the establishment. I mean, if we're talking about well, the let's pick global like government, right? Okay. So if we're talking about, are we talking about the idea of a centralized uh, representative democracy? Sure. Let's start there. Cause that actually might actually fall on the positive side. I would argue that it absolutely does fall on the positive okay. side. You know, I mean, there are tweaks we can make. Oh, sure. And maybe that's the thing is, you know, we don't want to necessarily completely tear it apart, dismantle the ideas of these systems, but just their current forms to realize them. In a, to, to quote a very, very ideal. influential person to me in the, my most recent history, it's a good position, but the person in it is not the right person. Well, I feel like that's kind of that's the, so corporate. Oh, <laughs> sorry, Jake. Go ahead. <laughs> No, just more reasons for me to drink. Um, no, I feel like that's that's kind of the crux of the situation, and you know, I kind of fear that we're reaching the end of our topic as <laughs> a little early. Um, but it's like the the establishment, whatever that may be, um, people have been rebelling against it since history. Sure. Uh, and that's not necessarily to say like it's the Sisyphean task that we're never going to be able to complete or whatever. No, I think I think that the rebellion against the establishment and the quote unquote tearing down the establishment has always not always, um, I guess, in the grander scheme of things, theoretically, has produced a better system further down the road. Sure. Um, well, iterations, right? That's what's mm-hmm. supposed to happen. Like, right. We, we right. build something. It's not quite what we want. We destroy it. We rebuild it. Yeah. Um, and that's not to say that like, it's fine that it's, that it's taking this long or whatever. I think as we realize things, we need to improve upon them. But, um, to say that the establishment as a thought is bad, I think is going pretty, pretty far in the other direction. Like we could take the example of, um, let's say the defund the police movement. Now, granted, most people who are actually chanting defund the police don't mean completely defund the police and let's just abolish the police. The right wing will say that that's what they believe, but whatever. And there are some people who genuinely do, and they're probably the squeaky wheels. Well, and there's some people who chant along with it because they want to. They actually don't know what it means. Sure. It's just, hey, this seems like not a nuanced statement. It's really not. And that's yet another podcast. (laughs) But, you know, the, the idea of not necessarily dismantling, but certainly disrupting the establishment as it is. And the establishment here is a little bit nebulous. Um, You know, you could take the quote unquote police as the establishment, but honestly, that's tearing, tearing, huh? Police are a tool of the establishment, right? Tearing down one sub establishment is really not going to solve the problem. Taking and disrupting the establishment as kind of the ideology that we're dealing with as to why do we need the police? Um, and why we think we need the police and what we think they should or should not be doing. That's another question. Right. I think every time we say establishment, we should drink. Do you want alcohol poisoning? That's how you get alcohol poisoning. That's true. I didn't say how much, Russ. I well, mean, he just finished off a shot. So. Just about. <laughs> Speaking of which, shall we take a scotch break? That's excellent. <laughs> This is your regularly scheduled scotch break. So for tonight's scotch break, um, Griff and I have talked a couple of times about how we love peated scotches, even though we still haven't gotten one for the podcast, which is pretty funny. Um, Next season. Yeah. Uh, and so one of the things that I've noticed, and it's kind of a common thing you'll find on the web, is that peated scotches lose their peatiness after you've opened them. Not surprising. Really? They start to. And I initially thought this was due to oxidation because you, you deal with this with wine. Mm-hmm. Um, once a wine bottle is open, you want to drink it within about three days typically. You mean it doesn't age if I leave it in the bottle? Not when it's open. It ages, but in not a nice way deteriorates yes. is the word you're looking for. <laughs> um, Aging is a form of deterioration. Ooh. Right. Podcast topic? It's blunt. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. 
And so I found uh, a couple of posts, and I think this one actually, of course, from Reddit, sums it up pretty nicely. Oh, here we go. Uh, from some master blender, and I can't find the, the guy's name. I'll try and post it in the description of the episode. Oxidation in wine is much more significant because of the presence of bugs and bacteria. With high alcohol content, whiskey and other spirits... Um, the bacteria generally doesn't survive and the result is the effect of oxidation is actually really small and okay. becomes insignificant. The main issue with stuff like whiskey is the loss of headspace. Every time a bottle's open, the headspace above the liquid is lost. This contains a lot of volatile, fruity, estery, aromatic compounds. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Sure. Cause the, the alcohol is kind of evaporating uh, yeah. off. Um, when you close it, uh, more of, or when, yeah, when the, you close it, more of these compounds are lost from the liquid into the headspace. Uh, therefore, if a bottle's opened a lot and very small volumes removed, uh, the effect is to gradually remove lots of the nice fruity aromatic notes and the whiskey becomes a bit flat. It shouldn't, it shouldn't really actually oxidize and become a vinegar like wine, but we still start to see these flavor changes. So honestly, one of the sense. worst things that you can do to your really nice, expensive bottle of whiskey is not open it, it and take a little bit at a time. So there you go, folks. Tips from Jake. If you're going to drink scotch, drink the whole freaking bottle yeah. at once. That's how you get the best flavor. Exactly. And best bang for your buck. And probably alcohol poisoning yeah. and a trip to the ER. <laughs> Stomach pumping's fun, right? Activated charcoal is an establishment that I'm not trying to take down. <laughs> I've never actually had activated charcoal, but just those two words. Yeah, nothing, I, I, I do not. They help. Yeah. When you're traveling, yeah, if you get a little bit of, not really, once you get Montezuma's revenge, it's a little sure. far, but, you know, if you get the little upset tummy stuff, it's helpful. I mean, I guess it does purify. I mean, that's kind of what it does. It this is my problem. This is my problem is that you we talk about activated charcoal in the sense of a biological or medical tool. Cars have charcoal canisters. Yeah. For evap purposes, for evaporative emissions purposes, it still pulls toxins. I know it's freaking bizarre. So there you go. Don't don't pay into uh, what is it? Big Eco's establishment and buy activated charcoal bricks. Just crack open your car oh and Lord. eat that. <laughs> crack open your car and eat that. I I I I want to see that on a T-shirt, but not one that I've made. <laughs> That's, Disclaimer: This is not actually advice. Please don't. Do we are that. not financial if advisors. You, yes. <laughs> if you do that, we're not at fault. Definitely not. At Please fault. don't crack open your car and eat it. What? <laughs> it's in not what an world? egg shake. <laughs> wow. Anyway, I mean, your car is kind of shaped like an egg, but well, just his though. Normal people. Oh, aren't. my car is too. It's amorphous blob. That's true. Moving on <laughs> from whatever that was. <laughs> I'd like to talk about the general suspicion of authority that comes along with the establishment. Because as you were talking about, Griff, a little bit earlier, the tools of the establishment. Tools like the of the police. establishment. That's um, the most punk rock thing I've ever said out loud. I, I like that. I, I really do. That, mm-hmm. I need a shirt in like written horrible like font or something that says tools of the establishment and see if someone mistakes it for I me. want Title? one in like aerial black with just an arrow pointing up at me. <laughs> So would that implication be that you are? A I am a tool of the tool of the establishment. I mean, I am too. Well, and, yeah, exactly. I was going to say, like, we you could are. Be. We too. absolutely are. Yeah, we we all are because we're not young entrepreneurs living out of dumpsters. Yep, everything you do feeds the establishment. I I think that's very anti trash can of you. It is big trash can is going to come after me. Waste management's going to come after me more than they already do. Right. Those guys are anal, my goodness. Oh, anyway, so things that I, I don't particularly like, like if I'm driving down the road and there is inevitably a cop car somewhere behind me, I never feel fully safe, not sure. because they're going to do anything, just because I'm not breaking the law, but I feel like I'm going to get pulled over for something, right? And I feel like that it resonates with a lot of people like that. Uh, anytime we see an officer, you know, and I, I love my police here. I think it's fantastic in this area. We don't have near the problems that, that some places have. We have problems, yes, but we don't have some of the major We get ones. it. Anyways, moving on. Uh, <laughs> They're not listening to this, right? God, I hope not. <laughs> I'm sorry. Please don't hurt Please me. Please don't pull us over. <laughs> no, it's just more the idea that anytime I see an authority figure, whether it be an officer in the real world or my corporate CIO, CTO, CISO, C-level C-suite people. C-suite executive. Yeah, wandering around a corporate building. 
I always feel like I'm going to do something wrong. Like I, I could be standing at a copier making a copy of something that I absolutely know is just perfectly fine. And I would be freaked out because I'm like, oh, am I supposed to be making copies right so, now? Can I use this piece of hardware? I'm not sure. <laughs> so my question is, where does that come from? Where does that, because that's a very, I don't want to say primal, but it's like one click above primal, right? right? In the sense that that's an authority figure. I'm going to get in trouble. Yep. Just in general. It's an extremely simplistic math. And I feel like a lot of people feel that way. And maybe it's just me. Maybe. Is it my psychosis? Oh, anytime I pass a cop, I'm just like, oh, Well, geez. I don't think, I don't, I don't think you're alone in that because think about how authority figures are portrayed in pop culture. Mm-hmm. Sure. And I know how touchy it is to use pop culture as a metric for the broader cultural tone. However, I think there's something there, you know, and, sure. and yeah, a lot of times police and principals and schools and bosses are portrayed as these like distant kind of strong arm types untouchable on a pedestal kind of guys and they're there to get you in trouble or give you a raise yeah not cops because they wouldn't do that but well and even then the whole give you a raise thing seems rather out of the ordinary it yeah it's like a pleasant surprise yeah rather i need to talk to you in my office yeah oh lord (laughs) no god's my resume how's my resume i just want to talk to you about your raise this year yeah oh could you not phrase it that way yeah right we did an eval (laughs) my personal favorite was i walked this there's a great example of this at yeah. the company that I work at, and I hope I haven't said the nope. name of that company. Yeah. We, we've been trying to keep that pretty hush hush. That's true. One of Microsoft. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm I'm Bill Gates's executive assistant. Actually, right. no, well, that's why you hate Bezos so much. I hate Bezos. <laughs> One. So here's a great example. We had uh, we had a member get promoted, and she just moved up to a different team. And when we have people get promoted, we usually have like a little going away thing, yeah. you know play a game or whatever. And one of my managers sent out an email that said mandatory meeting. Nice. Nice. No explanation. Those are not words you ever want to see. No. <laughs> and half of my crew in I'm sure teams they... was like, what are we all getting fired? You know, right? <laughs> it's like, it's because as soon as an authority figure says something that could be even slightly construed as detrimental to your job sure. livelihood whatever even if and it was it was totally benign you know it was yeah. just, we had we had a fun time but just mandatory meeting it's nice. just like oh god is hr invited to this yeah, like, like who's on <laughs> the know? invite list <laughs> yeah and it, it it's just reflexive like that and i i don't really know where it, are we are we taught that is it just i feel like a lot of it is kind of taught a lot of it explicitly and implicitly um i think we've talked about this a few times a lot of our relationship with authority goes back to our parents slash guardians sure um and i'm finding more and more that i talk with people that a lot of us have not had great authority figures in our lives when it comes to sure. parents and guardians now this is not the right. only metric but it's a no, core of, of what we it are. Is, right? It is a large one. Right. And it's even if it's not parents slash guardians, it could be, you know, any number of things. And so you you transfer that view of relationships to authority on to your other relationships to authority. You get the pop culture thing added in as well. It's not great. And so this kind of cultural assumption has really been baked in, I feel like, certainly into the American working experience and with the police. Uh, that it's, you know, it's a default negative. Sure. The what's interaction in, that you're going to have. What's interesting is that it's almost been superimposed over this evolutionary need of survival. Cause I was thinking like, okay, a lot of the aversions we have, we can trace to our lizard brain. You know, we don't like the dark cause something might eat us. You know, we don't like X, Y, Z because it might kill us. You know that your principal or the cop is not going to, well, I won't say it's not going to kill you, but calm down. Yeah. You, it's, it's a very far remove yeah. from a decent self-preservation really doesn't come into this conversation. Right. right? It's not an explicit moment of feeling need for self-preservation, but we've gotten to the point where it's almost like, I'd rather be in a dark room mm-hmm. with an animal, you know, than, <laughs> than in the principal's office, mm-hmm. which right? is just, Sorry, I cut you off, Jake. Continue. No, I mean, that's that was kind of effectively it. I mean, just from my own personal anecdotes, I have a weekly 15-minute one-on-one with my boss. 
And a lot of the times I find myself just instinctually dreading them because especially like over the last couple of months, it's just been kind of a slogging month of, I thought this thing was going to take two weeks and it took me almost two months and I was very frustrated and worried that like, I'm going to be, we actually had a conversation today and I was, I told him straight up, like, I'm really frustrated that this project didn't go well and I'm really worried about, you know, my performance. And he had to assure me that, that I'm fine, which is nice, but it's, you know, it's still baked into me for sure. Sure. Well, I think there's two parts to that, right? Um, I think one of them is your own kind of self-worth and, and level of integrity sure. almost. You know, like, I, I feel like I have a pretty good work ethic and I feel like I need to have things done to a certain standard. And when I don't achieve my own standard, I feel bad and I feel like other people should call me on it. Mm. And so there's that kind of expectation of, oh, well, I didn't complete this to my thought process Obviously, you agree that I didn't complete this to my thought, you know, to, right. to a thought process. I think the other aspect of it is when we go back to look at like the the, <laughs> the mandatory meeting mm-hmm. um, or the, hey, I need to talk to you a quick minute. Come in my office and close the door. Mm-hmm. You know, those, those lovely comments, right? Closed door combos. Generally speaking, we don't hear from management in Unless a positive a light, right? right yeah. And I feel like it's just a condition thing. Like it, it's anytime I hear from a manager that doesn't already have like a context to it, it's like, well, this is probably negative. Because, one, they don't like to say negative things because that's kind of a, a community thing, a, a corporate thing. Um, you're not going to get the, you're not going to get an email that says company meeting or mandatory meeting, we're getting rid of people. That's just never happening. Like that would be phenomenal if it did. I think it'd be amazing. But you will generally see emails like, oh, come to the lunchroom for a meeting to celebrate so-and-so's birthday or so-and-so is leaving us and, and moving on to better pastures or whatever. Those generally get sent out, but you also know the context immediately. Yeah. When you don't know the context, unfortunately, you go to the worst. You go to the default. Yeah, no. You know, it's yeah. the fear, but it also goes to the default. Right. And I, I feel like it's not necessarily unwarranted. And I'm not just talking about from the whole like we're we're transferring. Well, I, ge- generally, I, people don't call those like the, for the meeting example. Like generally, your manager doesn't call meetings, like not for the entire group. Right. When they do, it's predominantly negative. Sure. Unless Usually, it's been prefixed. Yeah. Or if it's coming from a larger or a larger scale group, right. um, it's going to probably be from HR or someone who doesn't necessarily deal with you personally. And I feel like that removes some of the context and helps with the whole, oh, what are we doing? Sure. <laughs> um, yeah. And I, f- but I feel like, like it's, we have to, you know, call out what the reasoning is behind this because we have constantly seen a ton of abuse of power. Oh, sure. Um, yeah. Especially within corporate environments oh, and yeah. companies and things like that. And, you know, it can Just range from your... establishments. Yeah. We, it can range from your overly zealous middle manager who just wants to... It Watch feels like make burn. your yeah make your life miserable and make themselves look really good. We're gonna force whatever. everyone to have another skill set and skill tree to them because it makes me look good and it's gonna make their lives a living hell. Right. Exactly. Live that. Um, <laughs> And, you know, we constantly see this. I think this is this is really coming to fruition in the whole quote-unquote labor shortage. And oh, sure. each each different outlet you're getting your news from has a different spin on this. I don't know what's going on exactly, but there have been a lot of accusations. And from what I've experienced applying through the workforce, except basically within my industry, for the most part, has been that these companies are – uh, pretending, oh, woe is us, we can't find anybody to work for us. A, we can certainly start paying people better. Minimum wage is meant to be a living wage. That's another well, topic. That's another that episode. We've, we've dirty word. kind of touched on a little bit. Yeah, touched a little bit. Um, but also, like, there, I've been through the application process through for larger companies. Now, tech is a very different animal. Oh, sure. Because we're, like, tech workers are in short supply. Yep. But there are a lot of these other companies, like back when I was working or trying to find entry-level positions and things like that, um, they just wouldn't respond. Oh, yeah. And well, it's because they got 300 resumes. And if. And it's but all it's not always that. So there's yeah. yeah, there's the monster.com issue where they're sure. getting spanned with resumes. Sure. But also, these companies that are complaining, we don't have anybody to work for us. We don't have anybody to work for us. There have been not a significantly insignificant. Ah, Statistically Not, yeah. insignificant number of stories starting to come out that's like, yeah, we, just as a test, we sent out 600 applications that would have been relatively well qualified. 
two callbacks. There you go. I've seen experiments like that. Mm-hmm. My favorite is the guy who programmed a algorithm or whatever to write a resume for him, including nothing but tech jargon, mm-hmm. and then sent it out and got multiple job offers. Got all the callbacks. And I think that's I think that's one of the one of the issues with establishments that we don't hit on very much. It's easy to be like, well, you know, they abuse power, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. The other thing is they're stupid. Oh yeah. Like yeah. they can be fooled so easily. Yeah. But also not. Yes. You know, and it's right. it's really hard we, that way. We see that in in, like you said earlier, a lot of different establishments. You know, we have one of the big issues that we're seeing with kind of this disestablishmentarianistic thought. Scrabble words. Um, I don't have enough scotch left for that one. <laughs> you know, has been the whole pandemic issue, huh? right? The the government or Fauci or whatever entity you want to pick your scapegoat, right? right, Yeah. Whatever entity you want as the enforcers of COVID and the things um, are, you know, there's this disestablishment rhetoric kind of going around about these guys. And there's some stuff that's warranted based on history. If you're white, probably not, but you know, and so it's, one of the establishments we have a major trust issue with in this country is science. Right. Which is a tragedy. Is right? deeply concerning. Yeah. And in a lot of ways, but there have been multiple instances where the scientific process was corrupted to the end of abusing people. Yep. Tuskegee springs to mind. Right. You know, anything the Nazis did, anything the Nazis, uh, DuPont, chemicals just yeah right just terrible things coming from technology and science that made life miserable for thousands of people so i i don't blame people who are who are probably overly skeptical of these things but i don't know i think i i i don't know it's complicated it is i'm gonna try to stop stammering it absolutely is. I don't know. I've not been doing a great job at that myself. Um, yeah. So as far as like these establishments and tearing them down, like they they can certainly easily be turned into the boogeyman. But you know, is it is it a, an establishment that we need to completely tear down, or is it an establishment that we need to start understanding better? And I don't know. I wonder if there is a almost transactional component to it. There okay. always is a transactional component. I'm going to sound awful for the next five minutes. Okay? Excellent. <laughs> I'm going to pick on DuPont chemicals, right? Uh, if you've seen the movie Dark Waters, it's great. Amazing. Uh, it's a true story. Uh, this chemical company, I think it was either DuPont or Dow, was basically poisoning this farmland with their chemical runoff, killing cows, making people really sick, right? Um, the other side of that coin, here we, here we go. Don't hold this against me. Is that an acceptable sacrifice? Because of the improvements to the quality of life that we can get from some of these things, right? Like, yeah, what the Nazis did was terrible in the concentration camps. We have a lot of medical technology because of that, mm-hmm. sure. right? Same thing with the Japanese in, in Camp 431. Horrible things, you know? Did they technically advance science? Yes. The, I mean, I think that's I think that's the ugly side of it is are these sacrifices we're willing to make? And it sounds like, yes, until they become public. Yeah. Right? Well, and that's kind of the thing too, right? It's The question isn't necessarily, did we get something out of it so was it worth it? It's more of, is there a way that we could have gotten to that point without that travesty? Because I feel like there's some breakthroughs that we never would do because it does require some really really questionable stuff, stuff, (laughs) right? And so I'm not, you know, I'm not obviously not advocating for it, but it, it's definitely one of those things like, well, we have things that exist today that would not exist otherwise. Right. And you can apply, I think you can apply that framework to even the more nebulous kind of societal oh, establishments sure. insofar as, you know, I'm trying to think of one that's not going to get us hate mail. Right. <laughs> Never They're mind. Well, that's, but that's, that's, that's the entire That's context. the other aspect right. of it yeah. is that you're going to have you're always going to have people who are going to be subjugated in some way. Yep. I don't know if there's 
or who are going to feel that they are subjugated in some way. I don't know if there's a scenario in which you can have decent, humane establishments that don't also like, is it always going to be a net, a net zero or zero sum game for somebody involved in these establishments? I think we do our best and we, we learn as we go. And that, that is unfortunately human nature, right? The ability for us to just kind of pick up and go, okay, well, we need, we're, we're looking in this direction for a new breakthrough. We're looking in this direction for a new, you know, whatever we're right. looking for, whether it be scientific or political or you know, virtually anything, right? We have a goal or at least a thought process of where a goal should exist. Right. And we attempt to get to that point. Well, the question is, do we dynamite the mountain to get to it? Or do we try to find a path around or, you know, right. there's several avenues that we can take. And sometimes we make poor choices and well, it's, it's unfortunate. I think a lot of time, you know, back to your point, would these advancements have happened? I think they would have, but I think it would have taken a lot longer. Yeah. And, and, that's, and I don't think that's, that's a bad thing. Like I think that if we had the ability to take longer and we knew like the proper path to take, that would have been obviously much better. But you know, I, I, I have to say that there's probably one, at least one item that we just wouldn't have if these travesties didn't exist. And, you know, there's probably things that don't exist in our world today because we've also stopped. Other because practices. someone said, eh, we probably shouldn't do that, you yeah. know, and we might be missing out on, you know, teleportation or the ability to upload our consciousness to a computer, which we're slowly working toward, you know, these options, hopefully one day, probably after my lifetime, unfortunately. <laughs> Waiting for Bezos to come up with this teleporter technology for it's Amazon gonna be packages. Musk. It's going to be Musk first. I, I pick one. I don't care. It's going to be shiny and smooth, but it's not going to work all the time. Teleport me, daddy. And you're going to have people <laughs> who wind up in the wrong place or who whose body parts wind up on the wrong part of it. I'm down with this. I don't care. I'm not. <laughs> it's like I, I will take pass. I will take possible. Wonka Vision is, I'm not going to be a buyer for Wonka Vision. Muscovision. Uh, Muscovision. Ooh. Oh, God. I'm going to throw up if I say that again. <laughs> No, I, I will I will gladly take that chance instead of getting on another tube filled with random idiots who can't keep their mouths shut about talking about random bullshit. Sorry, I hate flying. I hate, well, thanks. I hate, I'm flying tomorrow. I hate people. <laughs> Enjoy your flight. Tubes full of demons. I hate people on flights. I really do. I hate the flights in general. Like, I don't mind the flying itself. Like, give me a plane. Put me in it by myself. Like, I hate the people. I hate the waiting. I hate the general just discourse that exists at an airport. Sorry, this so is there a there you rant. go, folks. You want to start a GoFundMe to get Russ a private airplane. There you go. Well, just, you know, become a televangelist. And Jesus will buy you paint. Talk about an planes. establishment that I want to tear down. Oh, there here we go. go. Oh, light it on fire. Jake is spun up. Go, Jake, go. Stop well, attacking the microphone. The microphone is not the, the establishment. Me. Um, Getting riled up over there. Let's, let's, we, we have a little bit of time to tear apart religion. <laughs> Organized oh, religion. Oh, I think I think religion as a quote unquote establishment, and in this case, I am saying the establishment that is, um, you know, being being used to propagate power in individuals or groups um, needs to absolutely be torn down. Sure. Like the if we're talking about establishment as in a hierarchy, that's fine. I think groups eventually need hierarchy. Sure. The larger you grow. But just but, a general rampant. Oh yeah, you want to talk about like why why millennials, why liberals, why etc. are leaving the church in droves? It's because the establishment can't be trusted, and they have proven that over and over and over again. And the I don't know. It frustrates me because I get really ticked because it seems like all of the conservative leaning people in my life are distrusting of the establishment but they're distrusting of the wrong one or not distrusting enough of all of them either way you pick it because well, i'm not because the one that they're a part of is beneficial to them or they, they feel, feel like is beneficial is. to them right exactly and like i am not republican or a democrat i would argue okay if we're going to get into the theology side of things i would argue that identifying as either of one of those is you being used as a tool for the enemy but <laughs> Go, Jake, go. I'm a little sassy tonight. Uh, I love it. That scotch gained some proof points. <laughs> Actually, it would have gone down because we keep opening it. Technically, yeah. Does yeah. it lose out? It would have that on our scotch break. Lose flavor. But it's just like, it feels we like we stop short when we're talking about distrusting the establishment we're having having healthy distrust is the whatever the facebook post keeps rolling around about not wanting to take a vaccine 
Healthy skepticism is a thing. So is blind yep, there following. There are <laughs> limits. Yes, there are. And also it's not healthy skepticism if you just say, I don't like that thing, so I'm saying I'm not trusting it. Sorry, that was being reductivist. Uh, this day and age. I know. Uh, but it's just like, and I could see it from both sides too, because I am very religious and there's reasoning behind that. But like my more, not even left leaning, I feel like, religion is kind of divvied up between the two sides and it's really not it's the way we paint it though for sure um but it's like there's there's a dist an over distrust that has kind of been sewn into other establishments from either side that is either unwarranted or misplaced don't uh, have skepticism of everything that's wonderful and useful and purposeful but you know Admit when you're biased and admit when you're only having skepticism in something because you're part of the other establishment. Establishment, establishment, establishment. You've just killed off four of our listeners. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so all of Oh, them. our listeners are doing the drinking game with the establishment. I thought it was just us. I mean, we could. I feel like that might end poorly. Listeners, please stop drinking. <laughs> Enjoy your scotch responsibly. Yes. So, I mean, I think you have a point. Yeah, it's, you talk you talk about establishments. It's, I don't know, there's part of me that wants to almost turn into an anarcho-communist, burn it all down. I, 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 I don't think it's productive. I think it's paradoxical. Yeah, right? ultimately, like, the, I don't think anarchy as a group ends up lasting very long. Not because it just doesn't functionally work, but it's just work. It morphs. Yeah, it morphs. We're tribal beings by nature. We'll which is, that. which, oh man, I really want the last episode of this season to be you and me fighting over whether or not the human race is worth saving. We have to catch me on the right week because I've been kind of hitting a lot of ups and downs lately. The reason I say that is because there's a lot of psychological research out there that shows evolutionary psychology or otherwise that shows that humans, one, naturally form tribes with like-minded, like appearanced others yep and two like to categorize and compartmentalize mm -hmm. things especially if they're more nebulous yeah oh we it's we the, like it's patterns the otherness we like pat we like we the the, the root is we like groups yes yep. okay the problem uh -huh, is that those groups can then become establishment figures and if you're on the inside of it great you're benefiting if yep. you're not I want my group. And so you've got, you'll, and it goes back to what I was saying at the beginning of the episode, you're going to have this constant churn and it's, I don't think you're ever going to hit equilibrium. Well, know? I mean, that's what we've seen, right? We, we've never found anything that we're happy with. Well, we've gotten to this point where, I mean, if you look at kind of the trajectory of contemporary human history, you know, in the fifties, it kind of post-war until probably, eh, I don't know how late, um, it was very conformist, you know, sure. upper middle class. There was, there was an image. It was mm -hmm. leave it to beaver. You oh, know? Yeah. Um, and then we went hard left with the hippie generation. And then we went back to the right in the eighties, you know, well, with the tick with and the business. talk right? with yeah. Ronald mother with, with Reagan. Reagan with, you have to edit that. I yeah, know you do. it's your problem. Every time that happens, mm -hmm. Ronald GD Reagan, you know, you went from, you know, the kind of nuclear family American dream is a nebulous establishment to no establishments at all. You dirty hippies to business as the business in the church. God and money will save us as <laughs> the establishment. Tell me that wouldn't make a great the, campaign. That was 80s, right? For Reagan. That was, was absolutely Reagan. Reagan, you know, and, but Reagan, mm, government is the problem. So he's saying, trust the businesses, trust the church. Don't trust the government. Either way, someone else is still telling you who to trust. Oh, absolutely. Right. You know, not saying, hey, check it all out and see what makes sense. Yeah, we don't have that you kind know. of time. Yeah, we don't have right. time. Well, you know, I got time for that. Yeah. So well, you've got these you, you wild don't know because you can be wrong because you'll, you know, your heart will tell you something wrong. It's always the religious bent of like, that's why you can't go out and look for other things. It's my favorite. Wait, I'm what? I'm with this. Oh. Explain that a little bit. Oh, yeah. Should this be another huge episode? In the evangelical church of like, oh, well, you can't just go out and look for what makes sense. Why? People I mean, are afraid of people leaving the church. 
It's another I mean, topic that I could evidence, go on. Is that, is that evidence that suggests, right? Right. Is that the whole like God works in mysterious ways bullshit? Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. I mean, yeah, I I could go on for an hour about this, but again, it just it rolls back to the establishment trying to preserve itself. Well, it's trying to preserve its its people, right? I mean, because establishment no, it's doesn't exist. It's trying to preserve its. Power. It's trying to pres- yeah. Well, yeah. It depends on how we're defining hegemonic its people. But but I would say you know an, an establishment only has power if there are people within it. You know that's what gives it its abilities. Right. And if you don't have the people, or you don't have at least the majority of the people you want to have in it. It's worthless, effectively. It can be torn down quickly, and it can be torn, well, torn down. It just dissolves. It just dissolves. If, if there's not enough at all, yes. You people need to wake up. Sorry. But, but that, <sighs> that in itself is its own establishment, right? That's the best thing. Is we're, we're moving from basically one building to another, uh, oh, yeah. one party to another, one group to another. It, it doesn't matter. That's the best part. Is Even as a single person, you can create own, your own establishment that mm-hmm. you govern yourself over, and you might not even like that. It's beautiful. I love it. We, as a general species, are unhappy with ourselves. Thus, we feel the need to make everyone else unhappy with us. There you go. There's my final thoughts. On that note, <laughs> back oh to gosh. the studio. Jeez. <laughs> Jeez. Do we have any more in that bottle? <laughs> <laughs> um, Humans suck. <laughs> and cut. <laughs> wow. Where are we landing this plane? We're not. It's, We're it's jumping <laughs> out of this plane because the plane is part of the establishment. <laughs> no, I I have a... Hmm. <laughs> I see the necessity for some establishments, not just in thought, but in practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I see some that their ledger is breaking even in not a good way. Mm-hmm. They've got as much crap as they do gold. That, I don't know where the hell that came from. Sorry. You're the Don't get me started okay. on Don't get me started on 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 the establishment that is the modern English language. Ooh. Right? Or gold and money and currency anyway. Well, the whole that was financial, where this whole the whole, the whole financial structure. The whole thing started is all right. this like crypto BS like oh we're going to change money. No you're not. Well, Best case scenario, you're going to dissolve. Worst case scenario, you're going to become the thing that you seek to uh, disrupt. Absolutely. And maybe that's maybe that's the goal. I think that's the point. That's the point of anything. It's to replace what's today with what we want to have tomorrow just to be just so our, by that. Just too. so the next generation can, do it can again. shake it up again. Yeah. I feel like I'm not that depressed about it. We are cynical. Not. Um, Join the cynical. I don't know because I, I <laughs> like Cynics, this. Cynics. This. Cynics. <laughs> <laughs> this this feels like it goes into that you know theoretical episode that we do about whether or not the, sh- the human race should survive. Um, you know, I feel like we have made incremental progress. Like I said towards oh, sure. the beginning of this this podcast, and I have continued hope that we will continue to make incremental progress, assuming we don't kill ourselves. I do not think that killing ourselves is going to be a net positive. However, I do think that it is something that could happen. Sure. Don't um, think that we're going to live long enough to see Dune realized, right? 8,000 years in the future. It's, it's a little out there. Never yeah. going to happen. Come on. We've, we've crossed I want my space drugs empire built on worms. Right. Never going to. Talk uh, about drugs. Holy crap. Mm-hmm. I feel that like. Guy. Can we talk about the war on drugs or the war on drugs? We already. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyways. <laughs> that was Vietnam. Yes. Anyway. I'm also talking about the spice wars. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Vietnam. They were on drugs. Those opium wars. Yes. Well, no, but they were on drugs while waging a war. While on drugs. Yeah. Drugs on drugs on drugs. On drugs. On war. Season Sorry, one was drugs. great with our drugs episode. Go listen to our drugs I episode know. on season one, everyone. Uh, <laughs> but I, if if I could just press home one point, is that more than likely your establishment, whatever establishment you subscribe to, is using you. Kill your TV. Not kill your TV. <laughs> this is not some sort of like George Orwellian, I, they're I, listening it's to not, you. It's not. It's Huxleyan because we're not going to fall into a Big Brother 1984 hellscape. We're going to voluntarily give our stuff up and think that we're better off for it. Wow. You should have stopped me on should, that. Should I, should I stop having my Alexa dots in the house? I mean. <laughs> oh, I fully expect there to be just bugs already in my, oh, yeah. in my new house. Um, but bugs. it's like if... <sighs> Understand that the establishment wants to preserve its power by and, and, and it large. will do anything think, to do it. Yes, I think that there are establishments that don't. I think they are few and far between. Uh, I, I think they start with good intentions. I don't think they end there. Road to hell. Potentially. I don't know. 
but it's just like if i could press that home with especially my more conservative leaning brethren because that seems to be the harsher one although i'm sure that i am missing out on things sure. we're all sheep we're all asleep let's maybe just try and wake up and not assume that we're awake I don't know. Ask questions. See, but being awake Ask looks, questions. Being awake looks different to different people, True. as does being in an establishment. I read a treatise the other day that I swear to God, it had to be like the Nouveau Rights Manifesto, <laughs> right? Because it was so chauvinist towards Western culture. Oh, yeah. And it's like... So limited in its thinking. That's the that's a big that's another big problem with the establishment. I keep trying to land this plane, but it keeps taking off out. No, no, it's you're the one. I parachuted out like twenty minutes ago. I'm sorry. You're the one who keeps pouring on the throttle. I can't help it. Hit the hit the gas. I think I think my takeaway is don't necessarily jump in to every establishment pool with both feet. Regardless, left, right, center, science skeptic, science believer, all of at it at their core, all of these establishments, all these structures, all these systems are built on humans, for better or worse. Therefore, they necessarily have humanist flaws. Yep. Be well, you heard it here first, that. folks. Humans have flaws. Tear down the establishment. Tear me down. What, what? Later. Adam Driver. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, I think that kind of ends our podcast for the that evening. Was fast and Furious. Holy cow. <laughs> Talk about an establishment. That movie franchise. I'm kidding. I'm not going to Oh, fast and... Sorry. Can we mute his mic? Is that enough? Keep option? up, Jake. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening <laughs> to Scotch and Socialism. <laughs> Uh, it's been a pleasure recording this episode. Uh, please come find us. Comment on our website, scotchandsocialism.com. Find us on our social media platforms on Twitter and Instagram as Scotch Socialism, no and there. And please remember to listen and drink responsibly. <laughs>